Welcome, welcome. And we are back for evening tea time. That's right. We did morning. We did this afternoon. Now we're here this evening. And tonight I have a Canadian, a Canadian author, a Canadian advocate, and a Canadian kickboxer. That's right. We're doing Canada. We did United States this afternoon and this morning. Now we're in Canada. That's just how Miss and Liz rolls. We go all over the world when we do tea time with Miss Liz. So grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab a glass of wine, grab a beer. You know, we don't need to drink tea when we're on tea time with Miss Liz. Miss Liz is not serving a beverage. Miss Liz is serving the actual TEA of my guest. So tonight I have Randy Lee Bowles laugh sitting in the back of the studio, and she's going to come and spill a good cup, a strong cup of tea with all of you guys. But before we get started, we're going to do all that good stuff, disclaimer and bio, and, and then we're just going to sit back and have some strong tea together in a different way. So the disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time live shows. Miss Liz, myself, is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forth dialogue and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All tea time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions some were for some, some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forms only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Ms. Liz through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in the show tonight in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that the show is not made for you at this time, I respect that and I'll see you at a later show at a later date and time. Again, all tea times are done on Thursday this year in 2023. Unless it's a rescheduled tea time, then it's a Monday or a Tuesday. So now a little bit about the guest. Randy Lee was born and raised in Ontario, Canada. And from a young age, she had a passion for helping others. She attended Niagara College and graduated at the top of her class from the Community and Justice Services. After completing her placement at a recovery home for alcohol and drug addictions. Post-graduation, she worked at a Native Friendship Center for two and a half years while pursuing a university education in Fasol, uh, uh, I can't say the word, I'll get her psychology, Miss Liz, uh, Randy Lee continued working in social services for another four years as an employ employment counselor until she left to pursue her own passions. Randy Lee is an author and an outspoken advocate for mental health, sharing her true story with honesty. From the age of 14, she struggled with depression, depressive thoughts, 
there was times in her life that she wasn't sure how she would continue. Depression continued to be a battle in her life, but she is glad that she continued to live. She has spoken at events and pro that promote wellness and compassionately shares her experiences with her own mental health. In 2021, she start, started a YouTube channel, which we'll be talking about tonight, Greater Die Show, to spread awareness about various mental health issues and to end the stigma associated with mental health. Growing up, she never felt that she felt fit, she fit in. Being the last to under, understand jokes and confused about many emotions that she, she saw on others. In 2021, she finally had answers to questions about herself that's been nagging at her. She was diagnosed with moderate autism. So we'll be speaking about that as well. And another, another of Randy Lee's passions is kickboxing, what she has been doing for about 10 years. She was a Canadian national champion in kickboxing in 2015, competed at the World Kickboxing Tournament later that year, and in 2016 competed at the Pan Am Games, where she received silver in her division in 2020 and was chosen as one of the coaches for the Ontario Winter Games, where she aspired and coached young athletes. Now, for more on Randy, because I want to get Randy in here, and I want her to spill a good, strong cup of tea with you, you can check out her full bio on Miss Liz's Facebook page. So let me get Randy in here. Welcome, Randy. It is nice to have you here. Thanks. Nice to be here. So tell us a little bit who Randy is as a little girl and who she is now as a big lady. Oh, I'm pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> uh, I say that because daycare workers that I had when I was like little, they've run into me as an adult and they're like, oh, Randy, how are you? And I'm like, I don't know how you are. I don't remember you, but apparently I look exactly. <laughs> well, that's good when we don't age, right? When people look back and they're like, you still look like that little kid that I taught in school. Right. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I was uh, I was always just a fun kid. Um, teenagers, not so much, but I think I'm a fun adult now again. Well, it's always nice to be fun, right? We got to play a little bit in life. You know, life is so serious. Right. Right. So I want to get into your mental health advocacy. We're going to get into that first. And then we're going to get into some of your books because you've got some really amazing books out there. You've got so much going on and you've done so much. But let's get into the mental health for all the listeners out there right now. What got you to be an advocate for mental health? Um. So I've been struggling with it since I was about 14. So that's... Twenty years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're not going to do the math, do, right? We don't say the age. We just go. Duh, duh, duh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, my kid, uh, he's also had a lot of struggles with anxiety, depression. A lot of people that I know have as well. But there was one moment specifically that was like the real catalyst to me being like, I'm going to be really obnoxiously loud about this now. Um, so it, my son, he's now 16. Um, he was about like eight, nine at the time, something like that. And uh, he was crying. It was around midnight. He's crying to me saying, mom, why doesn't anybody like me? Why, why do they think I'm all so weird? And just like kind of going on so down on himself. And I was like, Oh, I feel so bad. I don't know what to say to make you feel better. And then I was thinking, why do you feel that you couldn't tell me this sooner or that there's something wrong with you because you feel this way? And I was like, oh, it's because I haven't been talking about it. It wasn't a conversation. And so that's when I kind of had the idea to go, it's time. It is time to talk and be very loud about mental health. And I like that you just said that, you know, that we don't have that discussion. You know, we have to have these open discussions. And why are we so scared to talk about mental health, right? Mm -hmm. They One in four, they say, I say one in two, but they say one in four have mental health disorders, you know, or illnesses. And, and that I myself am a survivor of mental health. Like I live with conversion disorder, but we don't speak about it. You know, why don't we talk about it? Why do we hide it in the shadows? And then people are like, oh, I didn't know. Well, yeah, because we didn't talk about it. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's it's a long history of it. Right. So like 
and I'm actually planning to get to like do some more research and starting another YouTube show about like the history behind stuff because I think I find it so interesting. But way back when, if you had what we now know of as various mental health issues, you were considered just crazy, um, a witch at one point. You were you were a witch, um, especially females that you know yeah. wanted to speak their mind, um, <laughs> which isn't necessarily mental health, but you know that goes along with the whole you know they just didn't have a concept outside of a small little box, um, and so it was just kept so hush hush because nobody knew what it that it existed, that it was something other than, you know, being possessed by a demon even. And over the last little while, not not that long, I would say, um, there's been research about it and conversations about it. And now in this last little bit that we've been living, more people are talking about it going, this doesn't make me crazy. I don't need to be put in an insane asylum. This doesn't, I'm not possessed by a demon. I just, you know, I think differently or my brain is working differently. So now is finally a time of conversation, but there's still, you know, there's still a long ways to go. There is a long way to go, but I, I feel that we're, we're, we're making wave, not very big wave, but we're making a wave, you know, the, the more stories we get out there, the more people that we can get to open up and share. And I, I was like that, you know, uh, oh, let's put her in the, in the psychiatric ward. You know, she's not making any sense. She's crazy. She's lost her marbles again, you know, yeah. and it was just chemical imbalance and, uh, and that. So how long have you been an advocate for mental health? Um, I would say I probably I mean, I, I've been doing it much more in the last two years, um, but I published my first book, which was all about mental health back in 2017. So I would say that's probably like the starting point of it. Yeah, I was going to ask you when you wrote your first book and you just oh, answered it. In <laughs> and you've got a lot of books out there because I've checked and you <laughs> like all different categories you got non-friction a little scared children's books uh what else i got here reading sound series social stories notebook you have it all out there yeah i like i get bored really easily right and so then i want to do other things that's that's a little bit of my quirkiness my autism coming out is that i just i want to do all of it because i love writing so i want to do all of the writing (laughs) Yeah, I want to get into that, the autism, because I, I, I this afternoon was about autism nice. uh, with, with Ayana, and she she returned from season three, and she's a, a Black African uh, advocate and, and that, and she's saying that, you know, that people are getting diagnosed at the age of 54, like, yeah. you know, so how old were you when you got diagnosed? Um, well, it was only like two years ago. And we're, da, 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 we're not doing the age. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm in my th- I'm in my thirties. I, I doesn't bother me. I'm I'm in my thirties. So. <laughs> yeah, you know. So you only got diagnosed two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And so my my kid, he was diagnosed at eight, and it was him actually that pointed it out to me. I was doing. Just being me, doing doing what I do. And he looks at me and goes, Mom, if I have autism, I got it from you. <laughs> I was like, I stopped and I went, Oh, you probably did. <laughs> I think maybe I should get checked. <laughs> I, it pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So how has that changed your life by being diagnosed? Um, I mean, overall my life is the same, but it's kind of that aha moment. So I remember growing up and people would tell my mom, oh, you spoil her too much. She's just spoiled. That's why she's acting out. And I was not a spoiled kid. Like my mom wasn't wasn't hard, but she did not spoil me at all. Um, and so actually when I got diagnosed, they said to me and I see, see, I told you I wasn't spoiled. <laughs> so it was more just like a, nice for me to go, oh, yes, okay, I wasn't spoiled, like, I in my head, I'm thinking, no, I wasn't, right, and just, like, making make sense of all of the things that have happened in the past, Um, but ultimately, I mean, 
it didn't change me, it just gave me that awareness now um, and ability to be like, yes, I can be me and I, it's okay. Right. And, and, and that's what tea time is. It's, it's, you can be yourself, you know, there's no mass, there's no pre-questions. It's let's just have a good old cup of tea, you know, like let's just spill and make a mess. But when we hear tea, we're right away. We assume the beverage, which Miss Liz has, I have the beverage here, you know, and <laughs> I and thought I, about it, but I didn't bring it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's moments where I'm just like, I don't want to have a tea. Like I don't want to drink a tea, but I'm on tea time. And I'm like, okay, I got to drink the tea. So you know what? Sometimes I have iced tea. I have cold tea, hot tea. I have all there's a lot of varieties. Tea. My favorite is blueberry. Oh, you're a blueberry girl. See, you're Canadian. Like, you're pure Canadian. <laughs> Us Canadian girls, we love blueberries. You know, yeah. we I, I love my blueberries. So. Well, it's funny. I don't like blueberries, but I love blueberry flavor, like blueberry tea. And like, oh, okay. So you yeah. like the, the flavor of it, but not the berry. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's the texture. I was going to say because we were talking about food textures this afternoon yeah know? so are there some foods that you're like uh -uh, i'm not doing um fish <laughs> that's the big one <laughs> not doing it um watermelon again i love the flavor of watermelon but the texture of it just makes me kind of cringe <laughs> wow that is interesting see and this is the information we need to get out there you know about autism you know it's the textures, the smells, the flavors, you know, mm -hmm. that they, do they make you like sense, over sensitize the, the textures um, or? Not that much anymore as an adult, more when I was a kid, I can remember times mostly with my dad, um, because my dad was that big proponent of you have to eat everything on your plate, uh, but he would make my plate for me, so... I didn't have a say in what it was or how much of it I ate. Um, my mom, though, my mom was totally different. If I didn't want to eat something, she's like, oh, yeah, I don't eat it. Um, but <laughs> with my dad, so, and if I kind of would start to have, like, getting overly sensitive or whatever, he would just yell at me. And I was, yeah, not a fan of my dad sometimes. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, we're both from Canada, right? And my dad was the same way. You eat what's on the plate or you starve, right? Yep. And and if you're hungry again, whatever's left on that plate, that's what you're getting later. Right. right? Where my mom was like, if you don't want to eat it, just whatever, then do it out. Like Right? Exactly. <laughs> same with my mom. She was like, Okay, so don't eat that. Yeah. So what memory do you have as a child that uh, really changed your life and got you into where you are today? Oh, as a child? Um, yeah, I like going uh, back to the little girl, you know, like, I, like I know, no one has ever asked me, like, I've done oodles of interviews, nobody has ever asked me that, um, that got me to where I am today, um, I don't have any one specific memory, but, like, I always loved acting and, like, making my cousins do skits and stuff with me, so that kind of overarching memories um definitely put me where i am today and it shows in your character you're really playful and i always like to bring the little kids out as you can see we're in my tea room and i got a dollhouse here and i'm almost 50 so i'm i'm not scared to give my age away because i'm almost a big 5-0 and big 5-0 i want to celebrate and i have a dollhouse i have teacups i have yeah, play cute. hats and dancing and all that we need to really bring that little girl out, you know, that little boy out in us because we mm -hmm. become adults and then we become so, mm, okay. I was just saying to a coworker earlier today, so we're, I am working with her and we're doing these like book boxes that people can get. So one of the things that's going in there is a really fun pen. And I said, and I was showing her the picture of the ones that I ordered and she goes, oh my gosh, they're so cute. I'm like, I know, right? And who, like who decided when we become adults, we can't have these fun things anymore. I don't get it. Right? Like, let's just have some fun. Like, let's yeah. be silly. Like, you know, if it doesn't match, it doesn't match, you know? And if we want to exactly. do arts and crafts with the big white glue that we had in school, yeah. let's just do it, right? Exactly. So, so when you're trying to express yourself, besides writing, what do you do, Randy? 
like do you do arts and crafts do you do I love arts and crafts actually um the room beside me is gonna be the craft room (laughs) 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 I love arts and crafts so much um when my kid was younger we used to do a lot more of them he's kind of not into them so much anymore but now I've got like a whole wood burning kit so I'm like I'm gonna get into that and I love painting painting is so much fun Wood burning. You're yes. my kind of girl, man. I wish you were closer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, we're not actually that far away. We're just a couple no. hours away from each other. So. It's true. You're probably one of the closest people that I've been like on a show with. Oh, really? Well, that's good to know. So you're from Ontario. So what does Ontario... Uh, let me get that question going again. In Ontario, what is your favorite thing to do? Um, hmm. That is a great question. Um, I don't like anything winter. <laughs> oh, she doesn't like you're an Ontario girl. What is wrong, right? Nothing winter. I live in the most southern part, though. We don't oh, actually yeah, get that much snow and stuff here. I, we, we have like a little bubble right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like swimming, uh, camping. I love camping. My husband hates it, though, and it drives me crazy because I always want to go, and he never does, but I usually win. Well, and and that's the thing, right? In Ontario, there's so much different things to do, you know, in each province of Canada, because everyone thinks they hear Canada, and they're like, Toronto, and I'm like, there's more than Toronto in Canada. Like, hello, there's Ottawa, there's Montreal, there's... I live really close to Niagara Falls, so, like, that's a... That's like the touristy spot, really. And it's so funny because since I, I've lived here my whole life, I'm like, ooh, water falling down. I have that in my sink. Just turn it on. <laughs> but that's because There's you know, I, I've seen it all the time. It's just a waterfall. What's the big deal? But then my husband and I, we got married in Vegas. We go to Vegas. I'm like, oh, look at these mountains. They're beautiful. In my head, I'm thinking, and people are probably going, yeah, they're just giant hills. Who cares? <laughs> right? <laughs> when we live in it, we're just like, ah, oh, we see that all the time. We don't want to see it anymore, you know? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Niagara Falls is nice, but it's, tap water is nice, too. Right? It's just, right. It's just as easy. I can just turn on, and then I don't have to be around all the tourists. <laughs> So are you a big people person or do you like to stay to yourself? Um, I'm kind of both. It really just depends on the the day. So like I like being this might sound conceited. It's not meaning to. But I like being the center of attention. <laughs> meaning like I like being on stage. I like having the audience kind of thing. But if I'm out like at a big football game or something it's just like crowds of people yeah not so much a fan of that yeah well there's a difference right yeah there is a big difference like a football game compared to being on stage or center like you know doing a comedian act or acting you know doing a skit yeah. that's completely different than a football game you know yeah so i i totally understand that so now i want to get into we talked about the mental health we talked about the autism you have a book called Embracing Me. Could you tell me a little bit about that book? Because that book really intrigued me when I did some research on you. (laughs) Yeah, so um, that one came out in 2021. Wow, so it's one of the newer ones. It is. That was my my last release. My newest release is coming out in two weeks, but that was my last big release. Um, And so that one is about depression. Um, it really goes through, so I share my story, but it really goes through a lot of the coping strategies that I've learned over the years that I've been able to get from therapy and just different people I've talked to and trying to just let people know it's okay. And that's why the title is embracing me, right? It's just embrace whoever it is that you are. Um, Mm And don't worry about everybody else. And so each chapter has a different focus. So like the first chapter is all about writing a letter to your younger self. And I put my letter in there. Um, And then the second chapter is about expectations and how what we're told when we're younger kind of shape who we are when we're older. And sometimes that means that we have some work to do to get over those. Absolutely. Yeah. And then a really big part in that book is 
if you need medication, it's okay. You can take it. If you need to go to therapy, it's okay. Go to therapy, right? And just really putting that it's okay message out there. And then at the end of the book, there's worksheets. So if I'm saying throughout the book, you know, write a letter to your younger self, I know for me, if I read that in a book and there's nothing there for me to do it right away, I'm not going to do it. So, <laughs> so that I is good information because as a writer, back. we want to know these things, right? That's good feedback. Exactly. Yeah. So I put all that stuff right at the back. So each chapter actually has a corresponding worksheet so that if I'm saying do this, do that, then it's there for them. They don't have to find another book. They don't have to keep track of another book. They've already got this one in their hands. So that's, it goes with that one. So are they like tarot sheets that you're putting in? Um, well, no, because I can't get them printed that way, but you could very easily cut them out if you wanted to or photocopy them if you wanted more than one page of it. Um, tearaway pages would be great, but Amazon doesn't right. print them that way. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would too, because when, especially when you're doing exercises, like we buy, I buy so many journals and I'm just like, they ask me to do, but that's true. If it's not there, I'm not going to do it. I'll read it and I'll, you're telling me to do it. But if the sheet is not there for me to do it, I'm not going to do it. Like I got to exactly. go find a notebook. I got to find a journal. I got to find a pen. Way too many steps. <laughs> Way too many steps. <laughs> so that is good feedback for, uh, for anyone who's listening, you know, who's a writer and making books like this and journals and all that. Have the worksheets there uh, and that. So. That is really good because I'm taking that in because I just I, I have my books coming out on the 17th and I wrote some exercises and I myself did not put sheets. So so I know that if Randy read the book, she would be like, oh, no, I'm not doing <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> so this book that you have coming out in two weeks, what's the name of it? It's called Goodbye Too Soon. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. So this one, another nonfiction um, about mental health again. This time, though, it's about my brother's death. So it comes out on May 20th because that's the two-year anniversary of his death. And he died by a drug overdose. So the book is written from my perspective. So it's really for family members. I find that there's a lot of material out there for the person with an addiction, but there's not as much material out there for the families. There's some, but not as much. Um, so this is really speaking to the family or friends of that person. Not to say that person couldn't read it too, um, but it starts right off with how I found out that he had died. I'm the one that had to tell my mom that was not fun. So I go through all of that. Um, and then because the idea is for the book is to bring my brother's life out and that's just his life so there's a whole chapter on how these people that have an addiction they are people and there's other people that still love them and they want them to get better um, and another really big theme of the book is boundaries and forgiveness because when you have when you love somebody that has an addiction it can be so very hard to actually spend time with that person um, and in the book, I, I explain how long stretches I would go without talking to my brother and how when he died, all I could think was that last conversation we had, which was only a week or maybe two weeks, something like that prior. And, and, and you know, could I have done something different? Could I? And so I explain, you know, the whole thought process and no, really, I couldn't have because there was boundaries. Boundaries were there for a reason. And so there's forgiveness that has to happen for myself. Um, and then forgiveness that I have to then give to my brother for what happened. So really big, heavy themes. Um, yeah. It also goes through the DSM-5 criteria for how addiction is a mental health um, illness and how the risk factors of developing an addiction. That's a whole other chapter in there. So uh, quite a bit of research as well, because um, I just I wanted it to be really a robust book for this topic um and then of course lots of coping strategies because it's grief but that's yeah that's the book I'd say in a nutshell but I feel like I talked for a long time so it's not really a nutshell <laughs> 
and it, it and it's just amazing how the universe works because i booked you guys all at different times and this morning's guest was about addictions he's an expert addiction recovery uh speaker who has been speaking for over 20 years and then this afternoon was autism and you got both of them like we, it's oh almost God. like put it all together like, Liz, you booked these people this way <laughs> they come to you at this time you know because that's funny one was booked in december of last year <laughs> like they're you know, it's just amazing how the universe puts people together and how it yeah. connects the message. And I really want to thank you, Randy, for making a book like that, because we do have those grief books out there, you know, where it's the person who's passed. But we don't have the family story, how the family felt, you know, and that last conversation that had to have been hard, you know, and I think that's where you yeah. play it a lot. Right. Is the last conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially since the last conversation ended with me being like, hey, bye. Like, I'm hanging up now. You're oh. being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. So you talk, like, oh, you, love you. <laughs> you talk about grief. And we and, and that's something Miss Liz really puts out there because I try to bring on guests that resonate with my story as well that I can connect with because then I can get on a personal level, which with you guys because i understand right yeah. so the the grief did you go for any services for grief um i didn't but i had been in therapy already before um i was in therapy again later not for grief specifically but i mean i think therapy in general whether or not it's specific for grief or not is helpful so we definitely touched on that topic it just wasn't like specific to it so this book is coming out in two weeks Yes. So you can pre-order it now on Amazon. Oh, well, look at that. You can pre-order. <laughs> how do you feel about it coming out since, um, since it was a family member? Like it was so personal to you. So how do I you am feel? super excited for it to come out. Um, what I kept thinking after Brandon had died, so that's my brother's name, Brandon, um, was his life can't mean nothing. Like he was, he was one month before his uh, 37th birthday's 38th birthday yeah um and so I just kept thinking in my head his life can't mean nothing and that's why I was like okay you know what I'll write a book I'm good at writing books I could write a book <laughs> um because something my brother always liked doing he loved helping other people he just really struggled with helping himself um so this is kind of my way of letting him still live on so as much as it's an emotional book and um, from my from my beta readers or my you know advanced reader people, tissues might be needed. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just it's my way that I can keep his memory alive, keep the story going. When I first told my mom, I got to say, she kind of gave me that look like, are you serious right now? And I'm like, yeah, mom, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Now, well, now she's kind of come around to the idea and she's like, oh, are we going to do anything for the day your book comes out? And we are. We're going to go visit my brother's grave. Well, I guess as a as a mom, you know, losing a child, then there's different feelings there as well. Right. Because you're writing from a sibling's point of view, but then there's the parents point. of view. Yeah. You know what they what they've gone through and that. Oh, yeah. My mom was definitely devastated. Yeah. yeah. And I. I told my mom, I was like, mom, in the book, I say that you did the best you could because I think she kept a lot of guilt. Like, I should have been a better mom. I should have done something different. Um, she raised us by herself. Like, I, I talked about my dad at the beginning, but I only went there every other weekend. Like, I was raised by my mom and so was my yeah. brother. So, I mean, you do the best you can with what you have at that time. And so I, I, I told her that. And I think I think it helped. I hope it helped. I meant for it to, because um, definitely had a lot of guilt around everything. Well, I'm sure once she sees the book, then she'll say, you know what, his legacy is continuing on. Mm -hmm. And once it's on Amazon, it's always out there, right? So. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, he was a really good artist. So I have a merch store and some of his um, art that we had found, there, there wasn't much left, but some of what we did find, I put in my merch store so that, again, it, it's still out there. It's something he was really good at. And then um, a portion of all the sales goes back to um, addiction services. 
Oh, well, that is really nice. So what kind of merchandise do you have in your store? Um, so there's like shirts, sweaters, uh, hats. What else is there? Cups, pillows, lots of different random stuff. That's cool. So everyone can go to your website for that, right? Or your link tree. Yeah, it, it'll it'll come up in the link tree. If you go to the link tree, it'll say merch store and you'll get taken right there. Awesome. So you did do some work in community and justice services. So what got you into that? Um, I kind of fell into it. So that, that's the, you that's fell the, down the rabbit hole and went in. <laughs> I did. That's the program that I took in college. So it ended up when um, he's my husband now, but when we first started dating, he was going to college that September. We started dating in um, beginning of June. And so most college programs were already totally full. And he's like, well, why don't you apply for something? Like, I can drive you. You live around the corner from me. I'll drive you. We'll just go together. And I'm like, okay. So there wasn't much left. And I ended up applying to community and or pre-community services because that was the only thing that was really open. And it's only a one-year certificate program. Like, you can't really do much with it after. But I'm like, at least I'm there and it will get me started, right? After I was in there and I realized, oh, I can do this college thing. I like this. Um, I like this. <laughs> well, I hated high school. I was oh. really scared about going back to school because I hated high school. It was a horrible experience. Um, I was picked on. That's when I was depressed. And so I just didn't know how it was going to go. Loved college. College was great. Um, <laughs> and so halfway through the first semester, I went, okay, so I know that this program is only a year long. I can't really do anything with it after. What am I going to do? So I kind of looked at what other programs kind of matched the courses I had already taken in first semester. So I didn't have to do like a whole bunch of redos. Uh, and that's how I ended up with community and justice services because it just matched. You just never know what rabbit hole you go into, right? And how life guides you to, to certain things, you know, and sometimes you find a passion and you love it. And I really like that you put that out there, that you didn't like high school, but you love college, you know? So guys, if you're having struggles in, in high school, go to college, you're going to have fun. Randy put it out there. She had fun. She enjoyed herself in college. So, you it's know. so different. It truly, the, the experience yeah. is completely different, I gather. I, I've never gone to college. I've, I've taken courses in that. I've never finished high school uh, because I got married at a young age and all that good stuff. But... Thank you for sharing that because I think it's important for the listeners to hear that, you know, if you're struggling in high school, just keep pushing, get to college, you're going to have a blast. You know? Exactly. Just the experience alone. Like I'm not in the field that I went to school for anymore. Like I did work in social services for like six years or so. Um, and it was, it was all right. It was fine, but I'm not in it anymore, but I would never go back and be like, oh, that was a waste of money. It absolutely was not a waste of money. The amount of things that I learned just about being an adult, being me, being on my own, huge. Like college, the experience is so worth it. Awesome. So now I want to get into your tea because that's what we're here for. We're here for tea, but we're here for a different type of tea. So I'm going to ask you, what is your tea? Um, so what is my tea? You told me three words. Uh, three words. So what do you got for me, words. girl? So I got quirky, creative self. Quirky, creative. Oh, my goodness. Look at you go. And and this is what it is. It doesn't need to start with the T, the E, and the A. You know, because we serve it in threes. We serve a T, the past, the present, and the future. So those three words you gave me, explain to me why you gave me those words. Well, I think it should be obvious. <laughs> so quirky because, I mean, obviously, um, I'm kind of a very large personality. Um, and so sometimes that can be a little strong for some people, but that's fine. Um, so that's just who I am. And as an adult um, over the last few years, I've fully embraced it and I don't try to hide it anymore. I definitely spent a lot of years trying to push that side of me down and not let people know. But now I'm like, if you don't like me too bad. <laughs> so that's why I went with quirky. Um, creative. Well, I'm an author, so I better be creative. Um, and then self, because 
I, and I've talked about this so much. I mean, embracing me is all about that self and the self-awareness that I've gained over the years and the being who I am, the self that I was made meant to be. So that word just it really sums everything up. Well, and that's the one word that you gave me was quirky. When I asked you one word to describe yourself, you gave me the word quirky. So yeah. we know why she gave me the word quirky. <laughs> I also asked you what your favorite color was, and you gave me purple. So why purple? Um, I can tell I, the back, and I love the back. The back is awesome. Thank you. Um, I don't know why. I just really love that color. It's just, a great color. Just drawn to it, right? Yeah, I just love it. Well, it's like a blueberry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like Everyone a nice green. Blueberries are blue. They are not blue. They are purple. Right? Yeah. I mean, so, some of them can be bluish tints, but yeah, they got some purple yeah. to them. Yeah, most most blueberries are purple. So I want to get into your blog. You have a blog as well. So what do you write on the blogs? Um, mostly book reviews. So I love reading. Um, I love reading, but uh, so. I started doing book reviews a year and a half ago or so, um, and I figured, well, if I'm reading the book anyways, I might as well tell people about it. <laughs> so I, I read some really great things and some not some great things, um, but really, no matter where on that spectrum of greatness the book lies, it takes so much courage as an author to put pen to paper and to publish something that no matter what my feelings are about that book, you're going to get something that says, good job. Because <laughs> it is hard to do that. It is. It's, it's hard to write a book. A lot of people think, oh, it's just pen and paper. Try putting it all together, you know, because <clears throat> you have the editing and then you have the re-editing and then you have the realigning oh, and... And it's like, no, I want it this way, but it doesn't make sense that way. So you got to put it this way. But when we write it ourselves, we're like, no, this is the way we want it. But then when somebody reads it and the editor's reading, they're like, oh, not too. So then they'll put it up on the top or the bottom. And you're like, oh, that's not the way I want it. Whenever I think I'm finished with my one of my books, right, and I send it to my editor, I'm like, okay, here we go. And she'll send it back, be like, Okay, I get where you're going with this, but like, I don't know your life story. And since you're talking about it, you need to put a little more details here so I can follow you. <laughs> like, oh, right. You don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. And do you find that you write in uh, in first person or third person when you're writing personal uh, First person. I usually first. write basically how I talk. Uh, obviously, I have to edit it out a lot because I say a lot of other random words and sometimes they don't make sense, but I write the way I talk. So um, I've actually gotten some really cool reviews. That's like, it feels like we're just sitting down for a cup of tea <laughs> and just having a conversation. <laughs> right? Tea is so relaxing. It's so It opens up a conversation because as soon as you hear tea, you're thinking in grandma's house, let's go and have a conversation. Tell grandma all the good news. And that's what I want people that come on Tea Time to understand it. It's just like going to grandma's house. Grandma, I'm getting married. Right. Grandma, I'm having a baby. Grandma, I wrote a book. You know, like it's yeah. that time of good news and greening and spilling a, and making a real big mess. You know, we're not here to gossip. We're here to spread good awareness, you know. Uh, so I want to get into the kickboxing because our hour is just flying by. We're almost like almost at the end here. So I want to know about the kickboxing. What got you into that? Um, so like most things in my life, in a very weird way. So when my youngest was, what was he, like six, five, six, something like that, uh, we put him in jiu-jitsu. And it was so cute watching him. I wish he would still do it, but he doesn't. Anyways, so we're sitting there, and during his class, there is this adult fitness kickboxing class going on. And I look over there and there's a couple of ladies and I go, they have really nice butts. I want a really nice butt. So, <laughs> I want a nice one. <laughs> yeah. So I joined the class, find out that they were actually runners and that's where the butt came from. It wasn't from kickboxing. And I was like, oh, I don't want to run. Um, so, <laughs> I <don't> run it. <laughs> but anyway, so then I, I started doing the, the cardio kickbox class. Like this is a lot of fun. So then I started doing the regular kickboxing class which then led into sparring and then led into competing and coaching. And yeah. So how did you find that experience to be? Oh, it's so much fun. 
Um, I haven't done it now in, in quite in about a year because my body just sort of decided to stop working. Um, but it is so much fun, especially like the people that I trained with. They are awesome. Like they're all so inspiring and like, let's go, let's push. And it gives you something to look forward to. The exercise is great for getting your, your endorphins going, but just hitting something sometimes feels really good. Just let it out. Just kick it. <laughs> so we have a couple questions here for you, Randy, that came in. Uh, how long did it take you to learn kickboxing? Um, so I mean, the basic moves of it, I would say I picked up fairly quickly. But even after 10 years of doing it, I was still learning new things and perfecting it. So, you know, you can learn the basics in the first, say, six months, like get a good foundation in the first six months. But there are so many different ways to put a combination together to um, tweak it just a little bit that it can take years and years. And we have another question here for you on mental health. How do you feel about the awareness on mental health day? Um, on mental health day specifically? Well, yay, we all talk about it for one day. It's great. Uh, we need to talk about it all the time. Um, I think that overall, though, the awareness has grown quite significantly from shows like this, um, shows like mine, um, books. People are talking about it now, which is huge. It has to go quite a bit further, but I think that from when I was younger, as even just as a teenager in the early 2000s, huge improvement. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel the same way. We said that this afternoon about autism. You know, we have these one days, but they don't seem to realize that people live with it 365 days. You know? Oh, no, I'm just autistic for that one day. You know, yeah. <laughs> We're going to wake up magically and it's going to be all gone tomorrow. You yeah. know, I, I feel that we we have these big campaigns and we have these big one day events. We should be making them 365 days, make them smaller right. campaigns, make them more impactful. We're going to make more of a difference if we do it 365 days instead of one day where we raise a million dollars and only maybe two percent goes to somebody who has mental disorder. You know, yeah. um, I think we can change that, you know, even if we did it once a month, you know. Yeah. You know, every month, keep the conversation going. You know, one day a year is not enough conversation to make any difference, you know. Uh, so we do have a question here about huh? Ontario Winter Games. How do we find out about those? Um, so for the Ontario Winter Games, it was I'm trying to think how I found out about it now. Memories. Um. I found out about it through the kickboxing organization that I was um, certified as a coach through, but there was like the Ontario winter games includes lots of different sports. So probably whatever sport that you are in, and that is for youth specifically like that, that um, event is for uh, kids under 18 to go and kind of get what they call an Olympic style experience. Oh. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Because um, we we all went away for the weekend to, I can't even remember the name of the place, but it was really cute little like lodging area. And then you had to go to the venue each day and then come back. And then, so it was really, it was really neat. And you had to stay with your team. Um, but whatever sport that you are in, your head coach or the head organization that you are in, they should have that information. And I believe that it happens every other year. So the one I coached was 2020. So it would have been last year. So there should be one next year. So it's almost like the Olympics then. Yeah, that, they try to make it that kind of style. And then they even give away um, like the medals and you stand on the podium and everything. Oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I, I understood your bio pretty good then when I did the video. You so did. I try to make those videos really personal because I really want to show my guests respect on all of the accomplishments they've they've come, you know. Uh, so I now want to get into the YouTube. How did you get that title for your YouTube channel? 
<laughs> so the title is Write or Die Show. Um, and I got to give credit to my best friend. She came up with the name of it because I was drawing a blank. Um, well, not a complete blank, just none I liked. Um, so I knew the concept. So the concept of the show is that I interview other authors and we talk about mental health from their personal perspective. And so when I was, we were spitballing names back and forth, me and my friend, and uh, she goes, what about like write or die? I'm like, that's awesome because it incorporates everything and it's a nice little play on words from the ride or die. And so write because we're writing things. We're all authors on the show or die because when I was a teenager, I literally almost died and writing saved my life. So it just, it worked so well. As soon as she said, I'm like, hey, that's the one. I don't even need to hear any other names. That's the one. I think it's just different, you know? And again, you're bringing awareness to mental health through your interviews. So you're keeping the... Oh, I can't hear you anymore. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's on my side or your side. You got me now? Well, that's just weird. How did that happen? The last little few minutes <laughs> we have left and she can't hear me. Can you hear me now? Can the audience hear you still? Hi, I'm, I'm hoping. If anyone can hear me, please put a thumbs up. Oh. <laughs> Can there you, you go. Now I there can hear you again. Go. We're back. It, you know, I have hearing aids, so sometimes they cut out. So that might have been it. Might have been a little glitch in that. So before we wrap up, because we're almost at the end, like this hour just flew right by. Like it's incredible. I love talking to people. So <laughs> you said writing saved your life. Yeah. So how how old were you when you started writing? Um. So I mean, I was writing probably when I was super young I used to I used to write this household newspaper and make my mom read it I'm oh. sure she was really thrilled to find out what I thought about the movies we watched and what she was gonna cook for dinner um and then I would write little skits and plays and make my cousins do them but I really really got into writing as a teenager so around like 14 ish that's when I started getting really depressed and I started using writing as my main coping strategy which at the time, I didn't know that that's what I was doing, but I was. Um, so I started writing poetry, and that poetry is actually what became my first book in 2017. I took everything that I had written, because I found it in my basement, um, put it together, and, and published. So your first book is poetry? Yes. Awesome. I'm going to have to grab me a copy of poetry. I love poetry. Uh, oh. You know, yeah. Mine all rhymes. So I have this thing. I have to rhyme. Like. I'm just like, I got to get Randy's, but that Embrace book really got my attention. And I think it was a title of it. So oh, how, do you how do you find your titles for your books? Um, They just pop into my head, normally like in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Best ideas come then. Um, yeah, sometimes I'll, I don't even have it. Like I didn't have a title for that book when I started writing it. In fact, the first chapter is completely different than the first draft, which, you know, happens quite a bit. But it wasn't until I think I was on like halfway through the second chapter that I'm like, oh, embracing me, that's what it's called. And I just I just knew. And so then once I had the title, I knew exactly where I was taking that book. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, it came from that the second chapter, which is about expectations. So that somehow triggered it for me. And you just wrote a book. Yeah. So you have some incredible titles here for the nonfiction. You have Thoughts of a Wanderer, A Mother's Truth, Embracing Me, Fiction, A Little Scare. Oh, no, those are type, types. Fiction and A Little the Scare. Fiction, yeah, A Little Scare is fiction. <laughs> and then you have some children's books, Operation Deck, The Halls, and Diamond the Cat. Let's get into a little bit of the children's book before we wrap up because we've got a few more minutes here. I want to get into the children's book. So I'm a okay. grandma, so I want to see if I can get these. Me too. <laughs> um, so Deck the Halls, that is a Christmas book. Um, a little bit of nonfiction in there because it is a story that actually happened in my house. 
Oh, so um, it's about a child who just will not fall asleep. And then they're scared that Santa won't come because they're not sleeping. Um, and then elf magic happens. And then Christmas is saved. Oh, my goodness. I'll have to grab that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, what about it's Diamond, Diamond the Cat? How did that one come about? So Diamond the Cat is about my cat, Diamond. Um, I had her for 19 years before she died. And uh, she was just my favorite pet I've ever had ever. I have a lot of pets and I'm sorry, my other pets, but I think they know. Um, <laughs> was always a favorite. Yeah, I know. And well, she was my very first. Uh, so yeah, so um, it's for like really little kids. It's very simple rhyming sentences. So it's things like, my name is Diamond. I'm a cat. I like to lay on my mat. Things like that in there um and then it's like the cartoon cat is doing all of the different things and then on the very la last page on the the end page i did a little collage of all the real life pictures of diamond <laughs> yeah because so it's her. an amazing bedtime story it is. it is oh my goodness and that's why i love children's books uh you know even before my granddaughter was born i would i love children's books i love reading them uh you know so yeah i love when people get me to review their kids books because First off, they're short so I can get them done fast. But really, <laughs> right? I just, I like kids' books. They're fun. They're quirky. Like, you know, they're, it brings I, a little kid out, right? Right? <laughs> so out of all of the books that you've written, what was the hardest one to write? Um, hmm. That's a great question that no one's ever asked me before. Yeah, we always all, get asked what's our favorite, right? Right, exactly. But what was the hardest? I'm gonna I'm going to actually say thoughts of a wanderer because the poems that I wrote were well when I was a teenager during such a difficult time. Like I didn't even know what depression was at the time, but I was super depressed. Um, so I'm gonna say that one because the time of my life that I was doing it was just nuts. Now, you, you said that this was when you were younger, you wrote all of this poetry. So putting it into a book and reading it after so many years, how did you feel? Um, at first, I read them and I was like, oh, these are really good. So I felt really <laughs> proud of myself. But then I also, um, and, and when I found them, one of our grandparents had passed away and that's why we were cleaning the basement. I can't remember which one. Um, and I was all like, things were going so like mad in the house. Mom, my youngest who has autism, but at the time we didn't even realize it. And he was going through so much and we were calling um, like in and out the hospital for him because we just needed some help. And so I was being very depressed again at that time. So it also kind of made me go, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm back here again. I don't want to be back here again. But did you, when you read some of your older stuff, did you question where you were when you wrote those poems? Like, did you, did it take you back to the place when you wrote it? Um, sort of. I, I was already there okay. because of everything that was going on. I was already there. So reading those sort of brought me back, but I, I had already kind of circled back to it already. Well, and that just goes to show you, like you, you can write years before and bring it back to life years later, you know, yeah. and once it's on Amazon, it's out there. Right. So, right. So any final words you have to say before we wrap up your tea time? Um, go pre-order my book. No, <laughs> well, not no. <laughs> yes, please do. Like, no, absolutely. Get it out there. <laughs> Throw it out there, girl. Please go pre-order my book on Amazon. It's called Goodbye Too Soon. Um, and if you want any of the other ones, go ahead. Um, but I do want to say that this is kind of my catchphrase that I use on my show whenever I leave is that the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. Well, thank you so much for that. And it was a pleasure having you on Tea Time. You know, I love when my, my guests are bubbly. Like, you know, it makes it so much easier for the conversation. It's, it's not like the hour goes by too things, fast. Right? <laughs> Way too fast. <laughs> yeah, like the hour just flew right by. So again, go and grab a copy. You know, uh, it's going to be out in two weeks. Get your pre-order in there, you know, and leave reviews. When you get a book, yes. leave the reviews because that's what actually makes a difference for all authors. So 
again thank you randy for joining me on tea time and i will see everybody next week for three different shows and who knows we'll maybe traveling to australia just a little wink wink but we will see stay tuned and check out miss liz's facebook page for all of that good stuff or my website where you can rsvp all of these tea time guests so again thank you for joining me and i will see everybody next thursday 10 a.m 3 p.m and 7 p.m for three new shows three new stories so until then have a good evening and a good weekend and stay safe